0: Welcome in to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skyler Sig Daddy Sigman, and this is the NXT Takeover War Games 2020 review. Before I get into the review, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app. Or wherever you get your podcast, if you like the podcast, and if you would be so awesome if you would leave me a five star review if you really, really like the show. Lots of content coming your way here real soon, including the uh, a- look back on AEW's AEW Dynamite's first year on television. Give you the good, the bad, the ugly. And if they were able to differentiate themselves enough from WWE, also coming up here in just a few weeks, will be the year in review. And I'm going to do kind of something special for that. I'm going to do the year in review. It'll be awards. So I'll be doing match of the year, pay-per-view of the year, so on and so forth. Do some uh, worst ofs maybe too. Throw a little bit in there. I'm... brainstorming it right now as we speak so I'll let you know more about that when the time comes but it'll be coming up later in the month also coming up this month will be my TLC 2020 pay-per-view review but let's get into this thing and I gotta say this first and foremost for NXT TakeOver war games war games uh the commentary team Boy, 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 boy. Vic Joseph, Beth Phoenix, and Stu Bennett. Best group, best commentary group in WWE. Period. Point blank. SmackDown doesn't stand a chance with Corey Graves and Michael Cole. Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, and Samoa Joe. They don't measure up with this group. I love Samoa Joe to death. Honestly, that'd be a good addition to NXT would be his commentary. But I got to say, that's a great... This trio was really good this whole entire show. And I got to say the theme song to War Games. Gosh, it was really good. War Pigs from Black Sabbath. Really, really, really good stuff. But let's get this thing rolling with the first match of the night on the War Games. War Games. Uh, NXT Takeover. A team Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai, the NXT Women's Champion, taking on Team Candace. Candace, Ray, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. So, coming into this match, Team Shotzi was able to gain the advantage after Shotzi defeated Raquel in a ladder match on NXT this past week to gain the one person advantage. And Shotzi, she starts out, comes out with a badass new tank. And it's gonna, it was Shotzi wanted to start things off. But Ember decided to put her hand in front of her and decides she will start off the match. It'll be Ember and Kai to start things off. And, man, this thing got crazy eventually. But, after a few minutes with Ember and Kai, Shotzi Blackheart is in next she grabs a toolbox and a crowbar from under the ring. And uh, Shotzi hits a flurry discus for him. Nice brown house. Then a running senton. I'm just going to go through some uh, key points of this match. Uh, just entries, order of entries, and then kind of the bigger stuff that happens later on. Uh, Raquel in next. Uh, Moon and Blackheart meet her as she enters. But Gonzalez just lays waste to them all. And then Rhea comes in next. She dominates for Team Shotzi Blackheart. And Rhea ends up getting a hammer out of the toolbox and hits the midsection of Kai with it. A few minutes later, Tony Storm enters in next for Team Candace, And Tony gets the kendo sticks. And uh, Tony is in there removing turnbuckle pads. Whips Rhea into one of them. Rhea Ripley is a hell of a seller. She could sell anything like death, pretty much. She's very good. Very good at that. And that's why she's one of the up-and-comers. And then, at one point, there, all six women are on the top turnbuckles in each ring. And uh, both hit moves off the top. All women are down at this point. EO gets ready to come in. She's entering. And then she grabs a ladder from underneath the ring. She grabs a kendo stick. But then Raquel... Kicks the cage door into Shirai. Shirai just can't get in. EO kicks, grabs another ladder, a tug of war. Raquel wins, knocking Eo into the plexiglass. So this is kind of the thing. They're trying to prevent EO from even getting into the match. The gamer for Team Shotzi. And Eo's gotta overcome some adversity to get in the cage. Eo throws a chair or two in there. Eo drop kicks a chair into Raquel, but Raquel prevents her again from entering the ring. Then Tony wraps her belt around the door. EO climbs. Raquel then power bombs Shotzi Blackheart into the cage, which knocks EO off. Candice LeRae then comes in last. Candice and EO have a stare down, but then Indy Blackheart jumps EO from behind. It's uh, Candice LeRae's uh, muscle. I don't really would call it muscle, but it's kind of buddy. Indy Black- uh, Hartwell jumps EO from behind, throws EO into the barricade. LeRae and Hartwell throw trash cans into the cage. Well, then padlocks the door shut. But eventually, EO gets to the top of the cage. Puts a trash can on her, which is the image that will live on for a, a long time and probably will be shown in EO's Hall of Fame package one day. But it was really cool a uh, really cool sight. EO puts a freaking trash can over her and crossbodies everybody. Cross, body, yeah, cross Hits a crossbody on everybody. She literally puts the trash can over her body Hits a crossbody. Freaking nuts. You know, then uses the hammer on everybody. And at one point, Ember Moon. This woman sets up two chairs. There's two chairs set up in the ring. And then we have Dakota Kai in the unfortunate position. She eats the eclipse, Dakota Kai. She eats it onto two chairs. And... Tony then hits Ember with a trash can to break up the pin. few minutes later, uh, Shotzi and LeRae are having a fight up the ladder. And LeRae knocks, not LeRae, but Shotzi knocks LeRae off the ladder. And then Shotzi stands on top of the ladder. LeRae protects herself with a chair, which it looks like uh, LeRae got hurt after this. Hope she's uh, doing okay. Yeah, she looked like she hurt her arm. After this uh, match, but well, during this match, especially in that spot where Shotzi does a seated senton off the top of the cage—not the top of the cage, but off the top of the ladder—onto Larray, who had a chair on top of her, and that was pretty nuts. And then another nutsy spot was Raquel throwing Rio into the cage, knocking Io off the top rope, and this is the finish. Shirai hits the well, that's yeah, okay, let's go a little bit, let's go back a little bit here. Shirai hits the moonsault on Kai, then Tony spears Rhea to break up the pin. Raquel then throws Rhea into the cage, knocking Io off the top rope as Io was going for another moonsault, I think. And then Raquel counters a Hurricane Rana attempt between the cages, between the uh, rings. Um, and then power bombs Shirai through a ladder that was wedged in between the two rings. It looked freaking painful as hell. And then Raquel covers, and that's it. So really, Raquel looks like she's gonna be a star. Raquel it looks like she's gonna be the next one in line for Io Shirai's uh, title. a uh, title. Team Candice wins here, and I gotta say this: this match was freaking awesome. This was the best one of the show. First match was the best match on NXT TakeOver WarGames. Grade, I'm going to give for this one, is an A-. Brutality was top-notch here. Honestly, it was more brutal than the men's match later on. And Io Shirai, human, human highlight reel, NXT's women's division is head and shoulders above any women's division in the company and pretty much in the US. I gotta say that. It's It's above Impact Wrestling, it's above Raw, it's above SmackDown, it's above AEW, it's like by a mile better than any women's division in the US, period, point blank. But man, this was a good match. The freaking Dakota Kai dropkick, oh I forgot to mention that, Dakota Kai did a double stomp off the top rope into Io Shirai who was in the trash can and she got wrecked wrecked and Io almost couldn't get out of the dang trash can and then the powerbomb to end it was definitely brutal and it's really good really 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 good opener for NXT TakeOver War Games I'm gonna give it an A- if I had mentioned it already then we get a little bit of a change of pace still the brutality was there for this next match it was Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa this was hard-hitting Definitely a lot of work to the neck of Tomasa with Champa. He actually he worked both of not working, but uh Thatcher, he worked the ACL, injured ACL of Champa. These guys just beat the living crap out of each other. I'll say that. They beat the living crap out of each other, but they Thatcher was going after the injured neck. A lot during this match. Yep, and like I said, they just beat the living crap out of each other for about 15 minutes or so. And uh man, these guys brought it. Uh boot in the corner by Champa, Bo- a bunch of running clotheslines. This is the later portions of the match. Actually, let's go a little bit forward here. But uh there's a bulldog choke by Champa, he gets it. And this is after a big knee from Champa, and then Thatcher's ear is bleeding bad. Uh, Champa kicks off the rope. Champa then punches the air. Thatcher then pushes Champa in the rope to break the hold. Then German's Champa rear mount by Thatcher beats Champa up. German from Thatcher. Thatcher would constantly he hit multiple Germans during this match. Champa then escapes another German suplex attempt on the apron. Thatcher counters Champa's uh, Willow's Bell attempt. Then Thatcher goes for uppercuts. Backslide by Champa. Thatcher goes right into the ropes. Traps Thatcher's arms in the ropes, chops the Thatcher. Pump kick by Champa, chokes Thatcher, then hits Willow's bell. The hangman's DDT on Thatcher to get the win. And I'm going to give this match a B plus. I honestly think a couple minutes could have been shaved off this match. But really, it was a slow build to the end. And it was just kind of brutal and hard to watch at times. Very hard hitting. And the limb work was very, very good from Thatcher and you know, I'll say this with I'll say this with this. It's not gonna be for everybody. I personally enjoyed it. I like limb work. I like the psychology aspect of it, and uh, the constant attacking of the injured neck, the previously broken neck of Tommaso Ciampa. I got a lot of enjoyment out of this, but still could have taken it. Could have used a couple of minutes shaved off of it. But pretty good match. I'm gonna give it a B plus. And earlier on in the show, Balor left a message saying all eyes go back on the Prince after war games. So things will get interesting here soon. And what is what, what might be the most bizarre matchup of the night was Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a strap match. And it was the battle of the bizarre ones, as I think I called it. And I love Cameron Grimes, man. That guy is so extra and I love it. Uh, They had a blindfold match a few weeks ago on NXT. And Grimes comes into the match. He's very insistent that he uses his strap or no strap at all. But then eventually, here's both straps that get involved. So he has Grimes' strap and then also the strap that was supposed to be used before Grimes denied it. Grimes ends up using it on Loomis and whips the living crap out of him. And actually blindfolds Loomis at one time with the strap, uh, not the strap, but the strap bag. He puts the strap bag over the eyes of Loomis, hits him with the bag that has the other strap in it. And uh, as I said, blindfolds him and hits him with it and batters him with the thing. Loomis with a spine buster that would make Arn Anderson proud. It was a beautiful spinebuster, I'll say. Eventually, Loomis yanks Grimes off the apron and makes him flip. Loomis whips Grimes with the strap, clothesline in the corner by Loomis. Grimes eventually brings a chair into play, beats Loomis, is back with it. Grimes then takes the, a seat in the chair. Loomis pulls him in, fall away, slam by Loomis, nip up. Had me feeling like I was watching an Adam Page match for a second. Uh, they trade strikes. Grimes launches Loomis over the top rope. Loomis then heads up top. Grimes pulls him off. Flipping power slam by Grimes, which I don't know how the hell he did it. He defied all physics there. Hits it. Grimes whips Loomis with the strap once again. And then Loomis is seated in the chair, goes for the stomp. Loomis counters uh Grimes' attempt. They trade counters. Loomis trips Grimes with the strap, putting him face first into the chair that's sitting in the ring. Loomis then locks in his silence. Uh, the head and arm choke Grimes tries to escape but Loomis wraps the strap around the eyes of Grimes and Grimes has no choice but to tap I thought this was a pretty good strap match I these two guys are very very bizarre I like Loomis I just don't know if this if he eventually goes up to the main roster that this gimmick is going to work it's not going to be make him a main event star but it could give him some longevity but I don't know but I thought this is a pretty good match a uh, Pretty good for a strap match. I liked that Loomis used Grimes' strategy. At one point, Grimes would blind Loomis with the strap, put it in his eyes. Loomis did the same thing later on. I thought this was good stuff. It was the weakest match on the card, but that's not a bad thing by any means. That's nothing to be ashamed of because this show was pretty good. This show was pretty good. I'm going to give it a B. Uh, the Joseph and Barrett, well, Stu Bennett, uh, they show a Mattel War Games uh, take over War Game set, which is pretty dang cool looking. Uh, then we get the lights flickering, and then a video of a vulture, and then you hear the words "Tick Tock," which could mean only one thing: Carrying Cross could be coming back here very, very soon. Then we get the improbable champion Leon Ruff, the NXT North American Champion. Taking on Gargano and Damian Priest. And just to give you a brief title history, Gargano wins the title from Priest on October 18th. Then Gargano has a wheel of challengers to play off what shots he did at the spin the wheel make a deal thing. It lands on Ruff. Ruff wins the title with a crucifix bomb on November 11th. Ruff is the NXT North American champion with the help of Damian Priest as he provided a a distraction. And then in the rematch between Priest and Gargano, Priest gets involved again. It hits Ruff to give Gargano the disqualification win, but for Ruff to retain. And Ruff eventually wants to take on both of them. And throughout this match... Priest is just trying to reason uh, in this match as it gets go- as it's going on, the uh, ma- actual match from TakeOver. Ruff is, tr- like Priest is trying to give Ruff a pass. He is trying to give Ruff a pass, but it's eventually Ruff just getting on his nerves enough that he's like, screw it, I'm just going to beat the crap out of this guy. And he eventually does, and he ends up hitting a, early on in the match... He ends up hitting a razor's edge through the barricade, taking Ruff out for about five or so minutes. And uh, Gargano, 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 he had to use his heelish ways. He had to get all the ghouls out after Ruff does return. Ruff hits a frog splash on Gargano. After Priest choke slams. Uh, Gargano on the apron. Priest then grabs Ruff on the pinfall attempt and then Priest beats the living crap out of Ruff. Priest then goes for reckoning after a Gargano escape attempt. They trade kicks. Knocks Gargano down with another kick. Pipe shot by another masked man on a final reckoning attempt by Priest. These guys show up after Priest takes him out and then Priest hits the choke slam on the apron fall by the Uh, rough frog splash and then rough it's a roll-up attempt after the pipe shot on priest then a super kick by gargano and then one final beat by gargano gets it done and gargano is now a three-time 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 nxt north american champion i thought this was a pretty good match pretty good stuff here i thought rough looked really really good He's very, very undersized, but you know what? He's a very good underdog then. But Ruff loses Gargano's way. The Gargano way lives, and he will do what he pleases. And the, after the match, it was revealed that Austin Theory is the man. He was the guy with the crowbar, or with the uh, pipe uh, as instead, to correct myself. But B-plus, great for this match. I hope Ruff doesn't fall, just completely drop down the card after this. He's kind of a fluke champion. So hopefully, we'll see Ruff continue to flourish in NXT instead of just dropping down the card. But who knows? Who knows? Then we get our main event. We get our main event. The Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong... And Bobby Fish versus Team McAfee. Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Danny Burch, and Oni Lorcan. I'll just start out with this. Pat McAfee is a great heel. Man, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing as a heel. While at times I think his selling was a bit off during this, he did really, really good. The dude freaking did a swanton off the cage at one point. I'll get to that a little bit later, but we have O'Reilly start out with Dunn. Uh, Dunn defeated O'Reilly in the ladder match a few weeks ago to give a few weeks ago or a week ago, a couple or I think it was a couple weeks ago to give the team uh, give team Pack McAfee uh, the advantage. Lorkin enters next. There's a really good first uh, few minutes. Some groundwork. Some submission wrestling. From Dunn and O'Reilly, Lorcan enters next. And then we get Bobby Fish coming out with strikes. Exploder on Dunn into Lorcan. Spinebuster to Lorcan. Birch enters next. Team McAfee dominates, I think, for a pretty good portion of the first half of the match. Strong then comes in next. Birch and Lorcan blast him as soon as he enters. Then Strong hits some... Uh, does his forearm line where he runs into people. And then he actually had a knee into the cage. I think it was on Dunn. And then Strong dropped into the cage by Oni Lorkin. Then Team McAfee's in complete control at this point. They're dominating Strong, Fish, and O'Reilly. And then it's just dissecting the team. And then McAfee finally gets to enter last. Grabs tables from under the ring. One with each Undisputed Era's name member's name on it. He also threw in some chairs. Strong gets moonsaulted by McAfee through the table. Gosh, man, this is an agile punter. (laughs) An agile punter, to say the least. By the way, I actually got the chance to interview him at one point in college. I got to ask him a couple of questions during our radio show. Sidebar for a second. Uh, Back to the match. Um, Cole comes in finally. Sprays the team with the fire extinguisher as he enters. Lots of stuff happening in here. They probably go about 20, 25 more minutes after Cole enters the match. Cole, not Cole, but uh, McAfee at one point. They're sta- these teams are staring each other down. The four of them are. And then there's three people for Team McAfee. And then Pat just show- Pat's on top of the cage. Hits a swan dive, swanton bomb as we would like to call it. Off the top of the cage, taking out everybody. And it was a cool point where Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly pulled themselves up and they trade strikes as these are the two that started the match. I thought this match had a little bit of overkill by the end of it. There was a lot. It, it, I felt like there could have been at least five or six minutes shaved off of it. But we get this point. We get to this point. Birch. Stops Cole from hitting the Panama Sunrise fish. Then Spears, Birch through a table set up between the rings. McAfee ended up going through one of those tables, as did Strong and uh, Dunn and Ork. Actually, Dunn and Birch went through one at one point too. Pat super kicks Cole. Pat gets super kicked then out of the air by Cole. Cole hits the Panama Sunrise, and Pat kicks out at two, unlike their NXT TakeOver match where Pat got pinned by the Panama Sunrise. Orkin then throws Pat out of the way, eats the last shot, and Seguri by Dunn. Dunn then hits the bitter end on Cole, with his midsection hitting first onto the chair that was set up in the ring. Looked freaking nasty. Then a superplex backbreaker by Roderick Strong on Pete Dunn. Lorkin misses with the chair, trip by Fish, with Strong kicking the chair into Lorkin's face. And then Kyle O'Reilly finishes things off with a knee drop on Lorkin with the chair on his face. I thought that was a bit excuse me, I'm bad. My bad. I had a burp there. I just had some cookies a few minutes ago. But he knee drops Lorkin with the chair on his face. And I just thought the finish was a bit anticlimactic. Uh it was a good and it was a good War Games match. I'm gonna bring something up here in a moment that might irk some people. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm gonna give this a B B+, this War Games match. I thought this was a pretty good match, pretty good take a uh, War Games match. I honestly thought it could have benefited from having a few minutes shaved off of it, also. But I gotta say, Pat McAfee did his thing in there. Surprised me once again but I shouldn't be surprised at this point because Pat knows what the hell he's doing. Or at least he looks like he's know- he knows what the hell he's doing. And I respect the heck out of him for it. But the finish, I just thought was kind of eh, and they could have shaved a few minutes off of it. But I still thought this was a really good match, and I liked that they they actually stayed with the Undisputed Era here. But it's not the end. It's not the end of it, I don't think. I think Pat's team, Pat's guys, will get the upper hand eventually. It's still the Undisputed Era's yard, as you would like to call it. And won't be for long, though, I don't think. But still, good match to close out the show. The Women's War Games match was definitely the match of the night, in my opinion. And uh, this brings me to my final grade for the show. I'm going to give the show a B, B plus. And honestly, there were no bad matches here. The worst match of the night was Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. And that and a B grade for the worst match on the show is a pretty darn good thing. Uh, but I really liked each match on the show in their own special way. Um, yeah, a couple minutes could have been shaved off of each match. Uh, well, the Champa thatcher match and then the final War Games match, but Those are just minor complaints and women's war game match of the night for sure. And the war games match, this is where I might irk some people. The war games match I think is losing a little bit of its luster. And hear me out on this. Hear me out. It's not feeling like hell in a cell. They do a good job of building up these matches as personal feuds personal feuds but i feel like the setup is a little bit telegraphed because it gets to this point in the year and it's like oh we're gonna have a war games matches it's like okay let's we they've done about what six what two uh, they've done about five or six of these war games matches now so you gotta kind of just use them when the for a special occasion. Not make them a theme of the pay per view because that's what the issue with the main roster is at times. Because they do the tables, ladders, and chairs themed pay per view. They do the. Uh, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here for a second. Hell in a Cell. That's what it was. Hell in a Cell, and which what went which resulted, which ended up being a. Which resulted, I mean, In the Hell in a Cell match getting watered down. We don't want that with the War Games match. We got to make it feel special every time. So just sprinkle these in on occasion and don't have a annual pay-per-view every year dedicated to these matches. Even though they're just two matches on the card, they're two of the five matches that were on this one for NXT TakeOver War Games. I hope they also stop over-relying on weapons. They... Use the weapons a lot more in this match than I think they did the cage the cage is there to keep the guys in but they're not I didn't think they used it quite enough but the weapons were fine just a little bit of cool-it on the weapons but still these war games matches are always really good anyway but that's just my th- take on it just need to make war games a little more special and have it maybe happen once every year. A one one war games match every year, or just spread them out all, uh, during the year, and don't telegraph the feuds into a war games match. Just do that. But they did a good job of building these uh, feuds up for the war games matches. Just. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it, they what they do with it going forward. I hope they don't water it down like they've done the stuff on the main roster with the TLC pay per view and the Hell in a Cell. But this pay per view was definitely good. B plus grade for me. Well, from me on NXT Takeover War Games 2020. I hope you enjoyed this review. If you enjoyed this review, want to hear my other pay-per-view reviews, find them in the archives on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, also, follow me on Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle. Also on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. Coming up next Monday will be the weekend in review also coming up here sometime soon will be my look back on AEW Dynamite's first year on TNT along with the year in review with my special year in review well 2020 awards until next time this is Sig Daddy signing off thanks for listening and so long everybody